and I can now enter boldly into the throne room of God because the veil has been rent from top to bottom. And because of Jesus Christ, we have access to the very throne room of God. And then it goes on in this chapter, and we realize that we have a high priest that's over the house of God. And it's not me, but that high priest that's over the house of God is Jesus Christ himself. Then we need to draw near with assurance of faith that Christ is our Savior and Lord. And then in verse number 24, the Bible says, And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to do good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much the more, as you see the day approaching. I was praying And I was asking the Lord in my prayer calls that I said, Lord, I have no idea what to preach on Sunday. Would you please deal with me about a thought that I could preach for each one that's going to be there in the services? And this is a thought that come to me. My people need encouraging. The Lord's people need encouraging. I've never seen a time... We're so many people's dealing with so many different things. I've never seen a time, maybe it's because I'm getting older, but a lot of people that I know, it seems like just about every week I'm finding out that someone has cancer, finding out that someone else has a sickness, finding out that someone else is dealing with something. And there's a lot of people in a lot of places that's dealing with a lot of things. And I pray this morning that this message would encourage you, and it's it's this, things to consider, things to consider. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the Word of God. I thank you, Lord, for all that you're doing in our lives. I thank you for the way that you're working, Lord, in this church, for the souls that's being saved and for the lives that's being changed. But, Lord, there's no doubt this morning there's folks in this service that need encouraging, dealing with things, had some hard days and some hard weeks, and these folks in this church has had a hard year already. I pray, dear Heavenly Father, this message would strengthen us and encourage us and remind us. We'll thank you and we'll praise you for all that you do. Bless each one of the preachers that's gone preaching this morning. I pray that you'd use them to help the churches where they're at. And we'll thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for standing. Thank you so much for being here. When I begin to look at verse number 24, the Bible tells us, and let us consider, and let us consider. When you begin to study about what does it mean to consider, it means to fix our mind on something. It's not just let something enter in your mind and then let it go out the other side. It's not that you've come this morning just to hear a preacher share a thought or two or a point or two, and then we're going to leave this service and say, well, I've been to church and there was a word or two that was spoken that I got something out of it. No, when we read this verse to consider, it means to carefully examine. It means, it means to think on it with care. 
It means that if we're going to consider something, it means to be serious about it when we think about it. It, it means to carefully think about what is fixing to be said. You got to really think this morning. You can't let your mind wonder if at all possible. If at all possible, we have got to get our minds as clear as we can. We must pray and ask the Lord to help us to see what we need to see today. You've got to whisper a prayer in your heart while I'm speaking now and, and even ask the Lord, Lord, let me hear what I need to hear. Let me take in what I need to take in. And, and Lord, what is it that you, it's, it's not the preacher, it, it's what is it that you want me to hear today, Lord? What is it that you want me to understand today, Lord? What is it that I need to consider? Deuteronomy 4 says not only to consider it, but it says when you think on it and when you take care and when you're serious and you're carefully thinking about things, Deuteronomy 4 says even consider it, let it go into your heart. It goes on in Psalm 41, it says consider the poor. Ecclesiastes 7 says in a day of adversity you need to consider some things. Acts 15 says, consider this matter. Think about it. Ponder on it. What is it that I need to see? What is it that I need to hear? What is it, Lord, that I need to consider today? What is so important that I can't miss it? That's how this verse starts. It says this, and let us consider, and here it is, consider one another. Let us consider one another. A lot of times when I'm preaching, I will come up into the service and I'll kindly hang out up here. It's not that I don't want to talk to anyone. It's just sometimes if I get into a lot of conversations, it'll get my mind off of some things that God is dealing with me about even just minutes before the service starts. And a lot of times when I'm preaching, I will, I will look at you folks that I'm preaching to, but I'll be honest with you, a lot of times I'm looking at you, but I really don't see you. I'm just kindly preaching and looking at the congregation. Maybe I might focus in on one person and maybe say their name or, or whatever. But, but what the Lord is wanting us to consider today is he's wanting us to take enough time to really consider one another. So what this verse is telling me and teaching me is this. I need to really think about and be serious about who I'm looking at today. When I look at you, I'm not just looking at you. There's a reason that the Lord has put us here today. And when I look at certain people and I go across every pew and I look into people's faces, I realize that a lot of people's dealing with a lot of things. And when I look at families that are sitting on pews and I actually take my time to look at you, it does something different in my soul. It's, it's not like I'm just scanning the crowd because I'm preaching. But if I really consider and take time to look at families, I not only see you, but I, I know the burden that you've shared. And I, and I know where you're at and I know where you're headed. And I, and I realize different things in your lives when I look at you. And that's what the Bible's teaching us to do today. It's, it's teaching us not just to come into a church service and, 
with our head down and our eyes on our pew and we're just going to get here today so that we can sit down and hear a song or two and maybe hear a word preached and then we're going to jump up and run out of here as fast as we can. No. What the Bible's teaching us is, is, is consider some things. Slow down. Let your mind think. See how serious the issue is. And what is the issue this morning that is so serious? And he tells us in the Word of God, he said, the issue is, is one another. Take time this morning to look around and to see one another and understand that people around you today are dealing with a lot of things and they're probably dealing with a lot of things that you've been dealing with over the several months or over this year. Take time to consider one another. Look around for a minute this morning, church. Look around. and Realize what's going on around you. Realize who is sitting around you. If you're sitting in the back, look at the heads that are in front of you. Look, look at the people. Look at the families. Look at the husband that is sitting with his wife. Look at the children that are sitting with their moms and dads and Look at the young people and, and look around this morning and consider one another. Realize that the Lord has sent you here this morning for a reason. It's not about how many people's here. It's, it's about what can we see in each other's lives and, and how do I need to look at you and, and how do you need to look at me and what do we need to do with this thought of considering one another? Considering one another. That's what this thing's all about this morning, to consider one another. It means not only consider it, but it also means concern. Considering one another means to have concern one for another. Every single one of us have battles in our life, and every single one of us have valleys in our lives. And a lot of times we consider ourselves. Right now I'm helping my mother as she goes through her cancer treatments and I'm going to her house and I'm, I'm, I'm concerned with her and I, and I pay attention to her. I'm, I'm concerned about her health. I'm concerned about her peace. I'm, I'm concerned about her care. I'm, I'm concerned for her and I, and I pay attention when I'm around her. And I did something this week that I never thought I'd do because I'm so weak stomach. She called me and said, son, I need a COVID test and I need you to come over here. Look, I can't take. Uh, I'm, I'm like, mama, this is the way that thing works. Half inch to three quarters, you got to go here and you got to go here and you got to do this. And I can't help you with that. I mean, there's a lot of things that I am, but I am not a doctor, amen. I'm not a doctor. And I was like, Mom, I'll help you the best I can. I'll put the 10 drops in the little hole, and I'll stick that in there, and I'll twist it, and I'll close it up, and I'll wait 15 minutes. But other than that, you're on your own, Mama. But I'm, I, I'm considerate. Of, I'm concerned. I, I see. I pay attention. I listen, and I know. But this is... This is what the Bible's telling you and I today is be concerned about other people's health. Be concerned about what others are dealing with. Be concerned about others' comfort. Be concerned when you look around this morning. 
Be concerned about other people's peace and their souls. Be concerned about that. If you look across the church congregation this morning and you see someone who looks down, or if you see someone who does not have a smile on their face, or maybe they're maybe just when you look at them, it just something in your spirit just says they're carrying a heavy load today. We've got to we've got to see that. We've got to recognize that, and we must be concerned over that. You can't just come in here and leave. We're a family, amen. You can't just come in here and walk in and walk out. I mean, you can, but that's not what the Bible's teaching us to do. There's some things to consider this morning, and here we are, and we need to consider one another. We need to consider one another. Look what else it says in this verse. And let us consider one another to provoke, to provoke unto love and to good works. Usually when we hear the word provoke, it, it usually means provoke to anger. But here, this word means to provoke to good. What does that word mean? It means, it means incites the mind to action. So when we are here today in this service, and, and I'm supposed to get my mind clear according to the Word of God, and I'm, I'm supposed to be seriously thinking today, and, and, and I'm going to try not to let my mind wander, and, and I'm going to be concerned. I'm going to consider each and every person that is around me in this, this morning in this service. And when, when I see you, I pray and ask, Lord, what do I need to say? What do I need to do? Can I do anything? And what that does, it, it provokes, it, it incites the mind to action. To, 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 to incite means to stir up to. It means to spur on and it means to encourage. And you know what? I'm, I'm understanding there's a lot of people need some encouraging right now. There's a lot of people need some encouraging right now. There's a, there's a lot of people that's dealing with a lot of different things. And let me remind all of us, if you're saved this morning, say amen. amen. Then we all have the same grace. We're loved by the same God. We're redeemed by the same blood. We have the same Holy Spirit that lives inside of us. We all have access to the same throne of grace. You know what? We have the same Heavenly Father. We have the same foundation, the same forgiveness, and we have the same faith in Jesus. Amen. So here we are. We're all the same people, and we all need the same things. You know what we need? We all need encouragement today is what we need. We need encouragement today to stir up and to spur on what's your wants and what's your needs and what's your weaknesses. What's your temptations and what's your trials. See, what you need to understand is you're not alone in your wants. You're not alone in your needs. You're not alone in your weaknesses and you're not alone in your temptations. We're not alone in those things. You need to be reminded of that this morning. And let me tell you this, you'll never be alone if you're a child of God because the Holy Spirit lives inside of you and He cares for you. Amen? He cares for you. I had someone send me a message this week and said, thank you for reminding me that I'm never alone. You know what that tells me? That tells me that that person that sent that, evidently a lot of times they feel all alone. And we're not alone this morning. Amen. It's good to be saved. Amen. Amen. 
It goes on, it says, and let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works. That word love there means benevolence and charity. You know what we need to do? We need to encourage one another. Listen, I know that some people's hard to love, but you need to love them. You need to love people because people need someone to love them. And a lot of times we go through life and people feels like no one cares and people feels like no one loves them. Hey, let me tell you something. We're living in a world that is getting darker and darker and darker. I cut my TV on the other day and all that I saw on there was filth and politics. I finally had to cut my TV off and go outside and play with the dog. Amen? I'm telling you, man. Then I thought to myself, all I want to do is see something about some cars. I don't care about politics and I don't care about filth. I just want to watch something it's got some sweet cars on it. So I went on my computer where I'd been studying and I punched in uh, the rod run and pigeon forage and I, and I punched in the, 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 the hot rod tour that's coming from Atlanta to Bristol that's going to end Friday. Amen. Bless God. God's all in them things. And all I wanted to do was just look at something, just some cars, and I turn on my computer and I punch it in on YouTube and I'm scrolling down through there about cars and all of a sudden while I'm trying to find something on cars, they want to put something with a woman in a car. I ain't interested in a woman in the car. I'm just interested in a car because I've got a good woman. Amen. Amen. I've got a good woman. She can go in there and sit in my car. I don't need to see a woman in a car. I just want to see some cars, bless God. You can't even look at cars anymore. I thought to myself, I thought, man, everywhere you look, it's evil. Everywhere you go, it's ungodly. Everything you punch in is darkness. Amen? Listen people in the world that we're living in, they need to know somebody cares and loves them. Was that a young one that just said amen? If it didn't say amen, it sounded like it. And if it was just making a noise, pinch that baby, because I need some more amens. Amen. People need encouraging today. Weaknesses and temptations. Love is benevolence and charity, and to do good works is an act and deed of work. Love people and love the Lord. We're not doing this because we're doing it to be saved. We're doing it because we already are Christians. And why are we going to do this? Why should I try to encourage people so that the Lord can be glorified, so that the gospel can be presented? But here are these last two things the Lord dealt with me about. You know why people need encouraging, especially good, godly people? You know why they need encouraging today? Because the world needs to see faith in somebody. The world needs to see faith in somebody. But not only that, the world needs to see that other people are being blessed by the hand of God. We need to encourage one another. Listen, do right. Do what God would have you to do. Be the witness you need to be. Let people know that God is good. Let people see faith in your life. When you've been blessed by the Lord, don't hold it in. I want to encourage you. Tell everybody that you can. God's been good to me. You ready? Ready? God is good. 
you've never been here before, that's just saying God is good. Amen. God is good, amen? amen. You say, nope, 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 uh-uh, uh-uh, you won't, look, look, watch, watch. You will never convince me that God is good. <laughs> hey, listen, people outside of these walls, people outside of these walls needs to hear from your mouth that God's been good to you. They do, church. People outside of these walls needs to know that if it was not for sweet Jesus in your life, you wouldn't be here today. Exactly. You, please hear me, church. Come on. I'm, not, I'm, not trying to, I'm not trying to stir you up into some kind of emotionalism. I'm not doing that. I am not trying to get you just to kind of, ooh, get some warm, fuzzy feeling. But what I'm trying to get us to understand is, is we're living in a day right now where people need to know that God's been good to you. Right. Because there's a lot of people don't see anything good anywhere. Do you hear that? There's a lot of people who does not see anything good anywhere. You know why? Because they're looking in all the wrong places. But somewhere along the way, someone's going to have to come along beside you and beside you and beside you and say, listen, I'm here this morning and all I'm trying to do, and it's biblical what I'm trying to do, I am trying to provoke you. I am trying to provoke you in a good way, not in an evil way. And as your pastor, I'm trying to get you stirred up. I'm trying to spur you on just a little bit that when we leave out of this place, somebody needs to know that God's still good. Amen. Somebody's got to know. Somebody down there has got to know that God's still good. Someone's got to know that. I caught myself just the other day complaining and complaining and complaining and complaining and complaining. And the Lord dealt with me, kept dealing with me, come pray. It, it kept coming to me, come and pray. It kept coming to my mind, come and pray. And I thought, well, the Lord is wanting to really show me something. I thought, boy, I'm getting ready to get the best message. Brother Rue, he's getting ready to give me the best message I've probably preached in years. And I was so excited, and I went in my prayer closet, and I sat down, and I was like, Lord, I'm in here, and I'm praying. And what is it that you want to help me with, Lord? What is it you want to show me? And this thought come to me. You ready? This thought come to me. Here it is. Stop complaining. And I was like, Lord, what is it you want to show me? Lord, what is it you want to tell me? God, you, I know you deal with me to come and pray. And Lord, what do you want to tell me? Stop complaining. I said, Lord, is that it? It was enough. Come on. Yeah, come on, It was enough. That's right. It was enough. You need encouraging today. You need to be stirred up to re just to remember how good God's been good to you. And you need to be reminded that the Lord has a perfect plan for you. Are you with me? He said, the Lord dealt with me, he said, encourage my people. Encourage them. Consider one another. Verse 25, exhorting one another. Not forsaking the assembling ourselves together, 
as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another. And so much the more as you see the day approaching. I realize that this verse deals with the assembling. That's a complete collection. That is a Christian meeting. That is a gathering together in the same place. It is a time, it is a place, and it is a order. It is a time for public worship. Public worship is what it means. 2 Thessalonians 2.1 speaks of a gathering together. Luke 12.1 speaks of a gathering together. And evidently at this time, just in all times, there was a forsaking, there was a leaving of this gathering. I don't know why they was leaving. Maybe they was scared of persecution. I don't know. Maybe, maybe there was some doubt. Why am I doing this? Maybe there was no interest anymore. I don't know why, but there was people that was walking away from the Christian gatherings of time of worship. And I tell you that there is nothing like worshiping the Lord alone. It's a sweet time. But if you've ever worshiped together with another group of people, you'll never forget that time of worship. You'll never forget that. Worship is not a Church of God thing. Worship is not a Pentecostal thing. Worship is a Bible thing. And when we come together, there has to be a time of worship. There has to be a time of thanksgiving to our Savior and to our Lord. And I know a lot of people worship different. Some people worship quietly. Some people worship loudly. Some people worship with tears. Some people close their eyes. It don't matter. But what does matter is, is, is there is a time to assemble. There is a time to gather together. There's a time, there's a place. And don't forget this, there always must be order. Order. God is a orderly God, not chaos, but God is orderly. But it don't stop there. Preachers will get up behind the pulpit and they'll say, you better be in church. You need to be in church. And you know what? We do need to be. But they will not, they, most pastors will not continue the verse. It says, but exhorting one another, but exhorting one another. That means to call near. That means to consider. <laughs> that means to encourage one another. Are you with me this morning? The Bible teaches us there's some things to consider, but then he tells us to exhort one another, encourage one another, be there for one another, care for one another, understand each other, look at each other, look at somebody in the face. Understand that people around you is dealing with a lot of things that you're dealing with. And be there to pray with them or comfort them or shake their hand, however you do it. Some people shakes hands, some people nods, some people hugs necks. I don't know how you do it, but however you do it, encourage one another because people's dealing with a lot of stuff. You know what he says to do it? Notice what he says. Exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. What day approaching is he talking about? The day of the Lord's return. That's the day that's approaching. And it's getting closer every second, every minute, and every hour, and every day. It's getting closer for the Lord to come back. You say, yeah, but I've heard that all my life. Yeah, I know, but it's closer now than it's ever been. 
He's coming back soon. And he don't just say, just do it a little bit more. It says, and so much the more. 20 years ago, Brother Dean, 30 years ago, me and you needed a little encouraging along the way. 20 years ago, Brother Grayson, we needed a little bit of, hang in there, brother, it's going to be okay. We needed that on occasions. But he says, when you see that it's getting close to the Lord coming back, he said, exhort one another so much the more. In other words, pour it on, pour it on, pour it on. Because in the last days, there will be wars and rumors of wars. There will be pestilence. There will be earthquakes. Evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. And what that means is, is the birth pains. As the mother is getting closer to delivery, the pains increase. Is that true or false? They increase. And what Jesus is teaching us is, as we get closer to the end, when Jesus is coming back, the things that are happening in the world, they are there, but they will continue to increase. They will continue to get stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger. And as this world gets further and further and darker and darker, you and I so much the more need to encourage one another. So don't stop doing what you're doing. Keep doing what you're doing. Keep praying. Keep reading your Bible. Keep being faithful. Keep loving people. Keep spending time with the Lord. Keep raising your hand. Keep worshiping. Keep singing the songs. Keep preaching the messages. Keep doing what God would have you to do. Keep loving your wives. Wives, love your husbands. Kids, listen to your parents. Love your families. Love each other. Be a good friend. Be a good neighbor. Be what God would have you to be. Pat somebody on the back. Shake their hand and tell them how good it is to see them here. Let people know how much you love them. Because God is good. God is good and the closer we get to the end you don't need that every now and then the closer we get to the end we need it continuously in our lives continuously in our lives We need it. It's in the 8.30 service this morning. I was preaching this message, and I said, you know, sometimes when I'm preaching, I'm not real sociable. I don't come out and talk to a lot of people in the congregation when I'm preaching. I said, I've just got so much on my mind, and I'm trying to stay focused. And I said, it's not that I don't care, Brother Rue, but you know how it is. It's just like I'm trying my best to stay right on the right channel. And there was an individual in the 830 service said it out loud. said, you don't have to apologize, preacher. We understand. That's right. And I looked at that person and I said, thank you for understanding. You know what that did for me? Me and my wife went to Bible school all last week. I done Bible school at Beulah from Sunday night to Thursday night. And just about every night we went alone, just me and her. 
Pastor Jason called and said, can Nolan and Ava ride with you guys to Bible school? And as I was driving up to Bible school, those two young people was in our car and they was just both of them talking at the same time. I think they get it from Jason. They <laughs> uh, both talking at the same time. And little Nolan said, that's what little Nolan said. He said, Preacher Keith, I know we're having that tent meeting in October. I said, yeah. He said, you need me to preach one night, I'm available. <laughs> Tina said to me on the way home, she said, what are you going to say to that, No. I said, thank you, Nolan. He said, I'd love to preach in that tent meeting, Preacher Keith. You know what that did to me? That encouraged me. So then we're coming back from Bible school one night, and, and Ava said, Ava said, Preacher Keith and Miss Tina, she said, I love our church. And I said, I do too, Ava. She said, I love Pleasant Hill, Preacher Keith. I said, me too. Then she said this to me. How old is Ava? Anybody know? Twelve? Then she said this to me. She said, thank you for being a good pastor. Let me tell you something. <laughs> Let me tell you something. We're going out all them curvy roads. You ever been to Beulah? Hey, Listen. If you go out there, you don't show up by mistake. You got to go out there on purpose. I'm telling you. What's going around them roads? I feel like pulling that Tahoe down in low and flooring it. When she said that to me, I thought, son, I'm going to floor this thing. You talk about encouraging an old preacher. That 12-year-old little girl encouraged me. We pulled in to drop them off, and I said, hey, if y'all want to come back tomorrow night, you give me a call. Next night, they called and said, can we go back with you and Tina? I said, yeah, y'all yeah, come on. We took them again. And then Keela messed us all up, and she took them thirsty. <laughs> you folks need to hear something. You need to hear it really good. You need to hear something. You need to hear it really good. Let me get back up here. I apologize to you folks upstairs. You're not here to see me, but I realize when I go down there, you lose sight of everything. Let me, let me say this. I want everybody to hear this real good. Jesus loves you today. Amen. Amen. Jesus loves you today. Jesus cares for you today. And you are not alone. And you will never be alone. And this old bald-headed preacher, I love you. I love you more, Amen. And I love you. And the Lord loves you. And he has a plan for us. And he has a plan for our church. And he has a plan for our families. And God is good. Amen. God is good. And all he wants you to do today is be encouraged. Be encouraged and know 
that you're a child of God. And one day, I don't know when, I don't know how soon, but one day when we get to the other side, Brother Jim Landon, when we get to the other side, we'll look back on this thing, brother, and we'll get to see it for what it truly is, and we'll realize just how good he's been to us. Just how good he's been to us and exhorting one another. And so much the more as you see the day approaching. One day, Miss Sandy, you'll wake up and you'll find yourself in eternity. And you'll never be weary. You'll never be tired. And bless God, there'll be no more devil. <laughs> Son, that ought to make you kick a pew over. There'll be no more devil, Miss Terry. There'll be no more messing with our minds. Amen. And everything will be perfect. Amen. That's right. But until then, I want to encourage you, keep on keeping on for Jesus. Amen. Keep on keeping on.